Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right, good morning, everyone. How are we doing on this wonderful Thursday morning? Um, we are getting into Leviticus 10 today. Leviticus 10. Um, I want you to do something for me real quick. If you've got a paper Bible with you or digital, however, go ahead and put um, like flip back and put a pencil mark into um, or just a bookmark or something. Uh, Exodus 30. Uh, and we're going to be also looking at verses 34 through 38, and that's going to help us give us some context to what is going on at the beginning here in Leviticus 10. Because um, this is one of those stories that a lot of people have some uh, sometimes some issue with because they don't really see the full context of what God's talking about and what he's doing, what he did here uh, in, in a very, very dramatic and very uh, eye opening way. Um, but let's pray and let's get into the word and see what God has for us. Uh, again, that was Exodus 30 verses 34 through 38 that we're also going to read in conjunction with Leviticus 10. Uh, but let's pray and let's get into the word. Um, Lord, we just uh, we thank you and we come before you this morning. Um, we come before you this morning with reverence. We come before you this morning with um, with our hearts open to you, uh, ready to hear your word, ready to listen to what you have uh, for us this morning. Uh, Lord, I surrender myself to you, that this be your word and not my own, that you even, you preach to me as much as we're preaching to everyone else, uh, what you're doing and what you're teaching us through your word this morning. Uh, I pray that all of us are ready to hear uh, and ready to learn from you and you alone. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen and amen. <clears throat> Let's go, everyone. Get that stretch in, get that little bit of coffee. All right, I'm going to go ahead and let's do this. Let's flip to Exodus 31st, and, um, and we're going to reread, because I know we went through Exodus already, but we're going to reread um, 34 through 38, Exodus 30. Then the Lord said to Moses, gather fragrant spices, resin droplets, uh, mollusk shells, <clears throat> and galbum, and mix these fragrant spices with pure frankincense, weighed out in equal amounts. Using the usual techniques of the incense maker, blend the spices together and sprinkle them uh, with salt to produce a pure and holy incense. Grind some of the mixture into a very fine powder and put it in front of the Ark of the Covenant, where I will meet with you in the tabernacle. You must treat this incense as most holy. Never use this formula to make this incense for yourself. It is reserved for the Lord. You must treat it as holy. Stomp, stomp, stomp. <laughs> Anyone who makes incense like this for personal use will be cut off from the community. 
will be cut off from the community. All right, let me, as I stress those areas, let's get into Leviticus 10. Uh, again, I'm reading out of the New uh, Living Translation right now. Uh, Aaron's sons, uh, Nadab and Abihu, <clears throat> put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire, different than he had commanded. So fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord meant when he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near me. I will display my glory before all people. And Aaron was silent. Then Moses called for uh, Mishal and Elzaphim, Aaron's cousins, the sons of Aaron's uncle Uzel. He said to them, come forward and carry away the bodies of your relatives from in front of the sanctuary to a place outside the camp. So they came forward and picked them up uh, by their garments and carried them out of the camp, just as Moses commanded. Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, do not show grief by uh, leaving your hair uncombed or by tearing your clothes. If you do, you will die, and the Lord's anger will strike the whole community of Israel. However, the rest of the Israelites, your relatives, may mourn because of the Lord's fiery destruction of Nadab and Abihu. But you must not leave the entrance of the tabernacle, or you will die, for you have been anointed with the Lord's anointing oil. So they did as Moses commanded. Verse 8, then the Lord said to Aaron, you and your descendants must never drink wine or any other alcoholic drink before going into the tabernacle. If you do, you will die. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be obeyed from generation to generation. You must distinguish between what is sacred and what is common between what is ceremonial unclean and what is clean. And you must teach the Israelites all the decrees that the Lord has given them through Moses. And then Moses said to Aaron and his remaining sons, uh, Eliezer and Ithamar, take what is left of the grain offering after a portion has been presented as a special gift to the Lord and eat it beside the altar. Make sure it contains no yeast, for it must, <clears throat> for it is most holy. You must eat it in a sacred place, for it has been given to you and your descendants as your portion of the special gifts presented to the Lord. These are the commands I have been given. But the breast and thigh that are lifted up as a special offering may be eaten in your place that is ceremonial clean. These parts have been given to you and your descendants as your portion of the peace offerings presented by the people of Israel. You must lift up the thigh and breast as a special offering to the Lord, along with the fat of the special gifts. These parts will belong to you and your descendants as your permanent right, just as the Lord has commanded. Moses then asked them what had happened to the goat of the sin offering. 
when he dis discovered it had been burned up, he became very angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, Aaron's remaining sons. Why didn't you eat the sin offering in the sacred area? He demanded. It's a holy offering. The Lord has given it to you to remove the guilt of the community and to purify the people, making them right with the Lord. Since the animal's blood was not enough, <clears throat> was not brought into the holy place, you should have eaten the meat in the sacred area as I ordered you. Then Aaron answered Moses, Today my sons presented both their sin offerings and their burnt offerings to the Lord, and yet this tragedy has happened to me. If I had eaten the people's sin offering on such a tragic day as this, would the Lord have been pleased? And when Moses heard this, he was satisfied. The word of the Lord. All right, a lot to unpack. I'm just being honest. I don't know if we're going to get past like the first five uh, verses in here. But I'll do my best. All right, so I we read Exodus 30, 34 through uh, 38 there, and I, I want to remind us like what the incense was for um, and that it's very, very holy and very distinguished in, in the way that the Lord uh, has that. Uh, the other part of there uh, is, and you see, actually, we'll go right back, like literally two verses back in uh, Leviticus 9, right, in verses, <clears throat> verses uh, 20, now we'll just go back to verse 24, fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When the people saw this, they shouted with joy and fell down on the ground, all right, so this fire was specifically from God, it wasn't like hey, uh, the priest just came out with a big lighter and just like lit this stuff up, right? <laughs> it wasn't like he just pulled out his holy Zippo <laughs> or anything and just started the fire. This fire was from the Lord and it was on the altar. And then they were to use the fire that was on the altar in the incense because it was a holy fire. It was a specific fire. And it, you have to be very specific and regard what God has commanded as very holy, when we kind of go willy-nilly with it, uh, the Lord says that basically he sees your heart and that you're not coming to me with the reverence and the holiness in which I am. Understand that it's more of the which I am, not that which I deserve. Right? God is holy. We have to understand definitions specifically about with the Lord and that he is holy, not so therefore, we must come to him in such a reverent way to understand of who he is more than just what he thinks he deserves. He knows what he deserves, and he's right. But it's also because of he is holy. He is holy. It's the essence in which he actually physically is. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he is right to do this. Like his uh, Aaron's two sons kind of like, now, it, it doesn't say that they went in there with pride. It doesn't say that they kind of went in there with this attitude, but their actions speak for their attitude that wasn't described, right? They're at, like, as we kind of say here at Fusion Church, I can't read your heart literally. I don't know what's going on in your mind. I don't know what's going on in your heart. Actually, I can't tell, but I can be a fruit inspector. 
I can see through the actions and through your deeds where your heart honestly is at. And so here we don't need to know, like written out what their thoughts were. Their actions already showed that they didn't come with a proper reverence for the Lord, almost like they thought that they were high and mighty being anointed as priests because of being Aaron's sons. And they went through all of this ceremony just then and thought that, hey, we're good. We can do whatever we want because God gave us some special hominis dominus, thinking that that covers us forever. But that doesn't. In this context, in uh, in Moses's day here, this doesn't cover you all the time. This only covers you for the exact moment in which it's happening. And you must maintain keeping a reverent heart, keeping a reverent attitude, uh, keeping the holiness in which God is. There is no ultimate sacrifice to take upon your sin. Wow. Doesn't that sound like what Jesus did for us? He took on that ultimate sacrifice for us. Here, unfortunately, that hadn't come. They had to maintain keeping up with always trying to cleanse themselves of their sin, sacrifice after sacrifice, coming to them with proper incense done in a specific way to understand exactly who they are. We have a lot of trouble with this, that God just straight up burned these two sons of Aaron immediately. Um, like he, They just, just like straight killed them. He didn't like give them a warning. He didn't like blow them back with a wind and knock them on their butt and say like, how dare you come to my house? Like all messed up. He just straight like gone. I kind of imagine like it. Uh, my, my favorite Christmas movie, if you know, is uh, National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation. And then uh, if you remember that one part and uh, they light the tree on fire, like the um, the uh, uncle comes over and he smoking the cigar and the tree just and you just see this like burst of flames come out of the side of the corner. And I kind of imagine like that burst of flame coming out of the tabernacle just and just immediately these two are just struck dead. Just i'm very visual so (laughs) forgive me but that's (laughs) i'm coming out with a visual where i'm thinking this is just this immediate fire bursting out of the tabernacle killing these two sons and we kind of go well god isn't i don't i don't understand this isn't this in god gracious isn't god merciful isn't god loving and yes he is and quite literally he's could have just like he said even as Moses was telling Aaron you have to lead your sons here you can't uh, they can't go mourning they can't go doing all this stuff make sure you comb your hair make sure you brush your teeth make sure you look all right and proper and don't sit there and and be in your pjs at the tabernacle you're gonna look right you're gonna act right because you are anointed for a high calling you're not gonna sit there and tear your clothes and do all of this because if you do, then he his fiery wrath will come upon the whole community. We got to understand that these this is not just anybody. These are a high called priests for the Lord, and they are to represent the people. They have a very very high calling. They have a very very high level of responsibility, and so what they do and don't do 
is very important, not just for them, but for all people. They are representatives of the people. They need to act accordingly. Wow, we say a lot of that in our own culture, in our own country. They're, re they're supposed to be representatives of the people and need to act accordingly. Because they are representative of them, they handle a lot. There is a huge amount of responsibility. The thing is, is that God's grace is, is a gift, right? We, we got to understand that it's a gift. It's not an obligation. We have to understand that God's grace is not obligated. God is not required to extend grace where, uh, where he sees unfit. And that it is a gift. But this, as harsh as this may sound, it's actually something to rejoice in. Because the fact that it's not required of God to give us grace is what makes grace so powerful. Is that because God chooses to give us grace? Is that because of Christ's uh, death and resurrection and that we are bestowed grace, that's how powerful it is. Because it's not required. It is a gift. Gifts are not gifts if they are required. They just become obligations. Nobody at your birth, nobody at the birthday party says, hey, let's hand in all of our obligations. Let's give up all of our obligations. It's a gift because it's not necessarily required. It might be socially awkward if you don't come to the birthday party with, with a gift, but it's not required. That's the beauty. That's where the power comes. That's why it's so precious. That's why it's so powerful. And that's why it's so meaningful. The grace of the Lord. We have to understand that it's not obligated. And that's where we should see this. Because that their disobedience was sin. God is so against sin. He wants to destroy it any way possible. We see so many other examples in the Old Testament where God is trying to root out sin at its core, where he's even saying we're going to get rid of like the Canaanites and all of these other um, tribes of different people in the Holy Land because they are so full and rooted deep with sin. God must eliminate sin. He is so holy. He cannot put up with it, period. <clears throat> He wants to burn it out. He wants to burn sin out. And so he does. He sees that pride is coming willy-nilly to his presence. And he just can't do it. And so he burns it out. Disobedience is sin. And as we look in Romans uh, 6, verse 23... The wages of death is sin. Or the wages of sin is death. Where did my page go? For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We have to understand what is actually obligated. And what is a gift? 
and it's a holy gift. It's a gift straight out of heart of love from the Lord. Never take your salvation for granted. I say this so much. I've been, it's just been something that is just uh, overflowingly reminded of me. Is never take your salvation for granted. It is a holy and precious gift that was never obligated, but it was promised. And it was delivered through his son, Jesus Christ. So let us come to the Lord with reverence. Let us come to the Lord knowing that not only should we come to him in a holy manner, but not because he needs to be thought of as holy, it's because he is holy. He is. You see that holiness is... um, uh, the holiness of God is both beautiful and dangerous. It is beautiful and dangerous at the very same time. This is the same fire that just a few verses earlier, as we read in nine uh, Leviticus 9, verse 24, the fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offerings and the fat on the altar. When the people saw this, they shouted with joy and and fell face down on the ground. They were like, this is so awesome. This is so amazing. I can't believe what I just saw. That is the God that we are worshiping, that his fire is beautiful. But when we come willy-nilly, when we come without reverence, we also see that very same fire that the people were shouting with joy for and fell down on their face worshiping him on the ground is also very dangerous. Is also something that can harm us just as much as bring us joy. But it all really matters on how are we approaching him? How are we approaching him? You know, and Moses, uh, Moses then says to Aaron, this is what the Lord meant when he said, now in this translation says, I will display my holiness uh, through those who come near me. Written a little bit different, if you look at the New King James Version, it says, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. You have to know that I am holy. New King James continues and says, and before all the people, I must be glorified. I must be glorified. New Living says that I will display my glory before all the people. Either way, it's he's saying and showing how this is who he is, and it must be understood and regarded. And you come to me with reverence, I will display my holiness. I'll show you the majesty and grandeur of who I am. And you'll understand the precious gift of grace that I offer. But when that's not, 
when we don't see him as needed, when we don't see him as first in our lives, when we when we often want to pray to God that he makes us a priority in his life, but yet we make him an option, doesn't really work out that way. Let's not make God an option in our lives. We pray to him, hoping that we're our priority, that Lord, help me in this situation. See, he, see and hear me crying out to you, but yet in my actions of my life, you're just an option. How is that really the right way to go? So we, we keep seeing this over and over, the holiness of the Lord. But we have to understand that because of that, because of who he is, and that he's not obligated, but that he does it freely, he gives us grace because of the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. Keeping an understanding of the, of the context in which we are in today in our New Testament world. May we always be so preciously holding on to the free gift of grace because we call him Lord, because we call him Savior, because he loved us first. We get this free gift of grace. May we never take it for granted. And so that we see further on that um, the Lord does something very interesting here uh, in verse 8. This is one of the few times that he directly talks to Aaron instead of Moses. Most of the time, it's the Lord spoke to Moses, and then Moses gives the decrees to Aaron and everybody else. But here in verse 8, then the Lord said to Aaron, you and your descendants must never drink alcohol can't be drinking wine, can't be getting a little tipsy, can't be having a party before you get here. I need you sober-minded. I need you to understand immensely with full cognitive senses what you are doing because your calling is so important. Because your calling and appointment and anointing is so important. You must guard it. You must maintain its sanctity and its holiness of my anointing and calling on your life. And he says, you must observe from generation to generation this law. This is permanent. Now, this is permanent for the priests here. But I say for all of us how this is applicable is we must be making sure that when we come to the Lord, we are fully sober-minded. We are fully understanding of what it is in our lives. We must be able to, in verse 10, you must distinguish between what is sacred and what is common. What is meant for a holy purpose? What is meant for something very precious towards him? And what is a paper plate? What is just common use? 
And we see this in the New Testament context where it's talking about what kind of dishes are you? What kind of silverware are you? Are you fine china? Are you gold and silver? Are you used for a special purpose? Or are you just plasticware? Are you used for a common or are you used for a special purpose? Understand if you are being used for God's special purposes, whatever God has a calling on your life for, that is a special purpose. So are you his fine china? Are you his gold silverware? Are you exactly what he has for you? Or are you just a paper plate for the world? Are you just there for any old common use? Uses for the Lord are sacred. Are sacred. And we have to see more of that. It's not just as a New Testament context. This applies so much more to all of us that follow him. Because guess what? We, we all have the living God inside of us. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are the temple. No more are we worried about the priest of the temple. You are the temple. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So how are you being used? How are you distinguishing between sacred and common? And I see so many sacred dishes on this call right now. I see so many pieces of fine china making a whole set to set the table to welcome more into the kingdom of God. If you call Jesus your Lord and Savior, you are fine china. You are setting the table. You are welcoming those that are far from Jesus to the table and to the kingdom of God. May we be used as sacred pieces and not just common, not just paper plates, not just some cheap bulk item at Sam's Club. Let's be sacred today. Let's understand the holiness of our God. Let's not take for granted the free gift that is on the table of the kingdom of grace, of mercy, and of salvation. Let's never take for granted. And let's be sacred pieces of utensil, welcoming those far from Jesus in such a manner of excellence to bring those to his table and all for even more grace, even more salvation, even more mercy to even those that don't deserve it, just like we don't either. I pray that this encourages you today on this Thursday. I pray that this brings you forth and lets you know that you are precious. You are needed. You are made for a sacred duty and not just for common. Because God loved you first that he sent his only son to die for you. And that gift, not an obligation, that gift of salvation and grace was given to you. 
Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for your word. May we come to you with reverence. May we come to you because not that we see you as holy, but because you are. That it's not an opinion, but it's a fact. It's a fact that you're holy. It's just the essence of who you are. So may, may we come to you. May you refine us. May we be pure gold in your sight. May we be used for sacred uses. May we be fine china for your kingdom and at your table. Lord, we just thank you so much for the free gift of salvation, for the free gift of your grace. Not because you were obligated, but because you promised, because you loved us first. And your promises are yes and amen. So we thank you this morning. We thank you so much for all that you have done in our lives. May we be sacred pieces, welcoming others and bringing others to your table to offer and give and receive the salvation that you have done. Lord, we just thank you so much. I pray a blessing over all of us that are on this call right now and over everyone that is listening later on. May you continue to press into our hearts and our lives. Guide us in your will and not our own. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. All right, everyone, have a great Thursday. It is going to be an amazing weekend. We have, uh, real quick, Heart for the House, really, really big deal this Saturday. Um, we are cleaning out the warehouse area in the back, and we are preparing for the move of God as we start working on further expansion and growing the table for more people to come to Jesus. And so if you are able to come out on a Saturday morning at 8 a.m., at EHT. That would be amazing because it's going to be a big party. We will have breakfast there in the morning as well. Uh, and then on top of it, Sunday, all of my amazing dream teamers that are knocking it out of the park. We have the dream team night this Sunday, the 23rd uh, at five o'clock at both locations. So um, regardless if you're at EHT or Cumberland County, uh, it will be at five o'clock at both locations, celebrating all of the amazing sacred work that you do for the kingdom of the Lord. Thank you so much. And we'll see you then. It's going to be awesome. Take care. God bless and see you all this weekend.